0: going to um, read from Luke's Gospel, um, which is on a page in your Bibles. It is on page uh, 1034. Um, so I'm going to read from Luke uh, chapter 6. I'm going to start at verse 17. So from Luke 6, uh, verse 17. Jesus went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They'd come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you, and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets." But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Uh, this I'm sure is a familiar passage um, to many of us. We um, have a similar account of Jesus' teaching in Matthew's Gospel. Uh, there it's known as the Sermon on the Mount. So it's kind of uh, the kind of core, the heart of Jesus' teaching and what it means uh, to be a follower of him. Um, this passage here in Luke's Gospel it says that at the beginning Jesus went to a level place, and so this is known as the Sermon on the Plain. Jesus uh, preaching the same sermon in two different places. Who'd have thought of it? Uh, Jesus did it, not just vicars today. And it seems that this was the message that Jesus took around from uh, from place to place, uh, teaching and explaining what he's about, what the kingdom was about. There's something kind of unique about this setting here, though. There are a lot of people who have come to listen to Jesus. They've come from all over Judea, they've come from Jerusalem, they've come from the coast of Tyre and Sidon where the uh, foreigners live, and they've come to hear him, they've come to be healed of their diseases, Uh, they've come to be uh, uh, released from the spirits that trouble them. So there is a big crowd here, lots of different people come from lots of different places, come with lots of different needs. And there in the midst of them is his disciples. And I imagine Jesus, as he preaches this uh, sermon, who knows, perhaps for the 20th, 30th time, uh, looking at his disciples as he begins. In fact, it says that he does this. Imagine the the, the close disciples, those who knew him best, are sitting there at the front where the keenies always sit. And uh, looking at his disciples... He says to them, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. He goes on, blessed are you who are hungry, blessed are you who weep, blessed are you when people hate you. This, uh, this sermon, this passage has been summed up as being uh, about the, uh, the gift of the good news, And the demand of the good news. A gift and a demand. Jesus is talking here of one of the things that is a gift to those who follow him. Looking at his disciples, he said this. He addresses them directly, he looks them in the face, and he said, Blessed are you. He reminds them of the gift that they found in him. And uh, through them, we're reminded today of the blessings that are ours in Christ and the gift that is offered to us who follow him today. That word blessed uh, comes from a Greek word, makarios. And it has an unusual kind of root. It's actually to do with a unit of measurement. It's to do with with size. And what Jesus is saying here is, uh, you know God's blessing when he extends his grace and his mercy towards you, when he enlarges his, uh, his uh, gaze towards you, when he increases his work of his spirit in your life, that's what it means to be blessed. And it's curious the things that he uses Uh, to bring them blessing. Blessed are you who are poor. How are the disciples poor? Well, they are literally poor. They've literally given up everything to follow him. There's uh, Simon and Andrew, uh, fishermen, who've left their boats to follow him. There's James and John who've left their their father and his business uh, to follow him. There's um, uh, Matthew, the tax collector, who's left his uh, tax collecting booth, his his, uh, wealthy uh, income, and followed Jesus. They are literally uh, poor. They've given up everything to follow him. And in fact, in one point in, later on in Luke's Gospel, uh, Peter says to Jesus after one of his particularly challenging uh, sermons, uh, look, Jesus, we've given up everything to follow you. We've lost everything to follow you. And Jesus says this, Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who's left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times more at the proper time and in the age to come, eternal life. You can't outgive God. You can't be outgenerous to the one who is generous towards us. Even in the midst of your sacrifice, even in the midst of the things that you give up, even in the midst of your poverty, you can know the blessing. In fact, you will know the blessing of God you receive a hundredfold back that which you have given. A gift for those who are poor. Blessed are you who hunger now for you will be satisfied. How the disciples hungry Well at times they were literally hungry. They followed one who said the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. At times Jesus went hungry and I'm sure at times the disciples went hungry. But in his sermon in uh, Matthew's gospel Jesus expands on this phrase. Blessed are you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Sometimes being a Follower of Jesus will mark you out as being hungry and thirsty. Hungry and thirsty for righteousness. What does it mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness? It means to yearn for the world to be different, to long for God's justice to be shown, to hope for that day and to work for that day when injustices will be put right. And Jesus says, you long for this, you hunger for this, you yearn for this, you will be satisfied. They didn't know it, but God's justice would be shown very soon in the life of Jesus. God's perfect justice is about to be revealed in a way which is completely different from what they expect or imagine. God's justice will be shown on a cross, on the hill of Calvary. Where everything that's wrong with this world, where everything that's wrong in my life and your life, everything that you do wrong, everything the world does wrong, will be judged. And sin will be punished. And Christ himself will bear the sentence. God himself will pay the price. God's justice will be vindicated in the resurrection, in the empty tomb. Are you hungry? Or are you satisfied? Do you think the world is fine as it is? Or do you yearn and long for it to be different? One of the works of God's Holy Spirit is he takes the things that are on the heart of God the Father and he lays them onto our hearts. We're not in heaven yet. The kingdom has not fully come yet. But one day, One day it will. On that day, the day of days, when a new heaven is revealed and a new earth uh, comes forth, all things will be brought uh, under the feet of Jesus and every wrong will be put right. You hunger and thirst for righteousness now. You will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now for you will laugh. In Matthew's uh, gospel, we have, uh, blessed are you who mourn now. And immediately we uh, think of death and the grieving that follows the death of a loved one. But there's more than just that uh, here in this passage. Jesus looks at his disciples and says, blessed are you who weep. Weeping will be there in the life of anyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ. I've been in Christian ministry in one form or another for uh, 25 years. To mourn is to feel the loss of something keenly. And in those uh, 25 years, I've seen people uh, mourn all sorts of things. I've seen people weep over all sorts of loss. The disciples have lost much. Some of them have lost family, some of them have lost friends, Uh, they will have lost status, they might have lost the respect of those whom they admired. Some of you might weep for the cost of what it has been to you to follow Jesus. Uh, The hardships that have come into your life as a result of putting Christ first in all things. Relationships that have uh, needed to end. A new starts that have had to begun that have been uh, painful. Perhaps families have been divided as you sought to follow Christ. And Jesus said that these things uh, would happen. But the loss is not the end. The loss is an occasion for Christ's blessing. He extends his favour towards us. He enlarges his mercy over us. He turns his gaze towards us. He promises that whatever is lost will be restored. Ten, twenty, a hundredfold. Remember the crucifixion. John 19 tells us this happens. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother and her sister, as well as Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to his disciple, Here is your mother. From that hour, this disciple took uh, took her into his home. Disciple loses his master and gains a mother. Mother loses her son and gains another son and a family of sons in the disciples. One of those things that I've heard over the years as uh, people have mourned and people have uh, wept. So from time to time, folk will uh, come to me and they'll say, um, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm going to be taking a little bit of time um, out of church for a while. And I say, okay, what, what's happened? Why is that? And then they'll tell me the story of what's, what's happening. Maybe a crisis at work, perhaps something uh, happening in the family. Maybe they're feeling uh, just uh, run down or overwhelmed or life is on top of them or whatever, whatever it might be. And I so say, I've got a lot going on in my life at the moment. I think, I think I just need to take a bit of time out of church. That's the worst thing that you can do. That's the last thing that you can do. It's at those times, those difficult times, those awful moments, those uh, times when it's darkness, when you, when you weep, when you're not sure uh, which way you will turn, That you need your brothers and sisters around you. That you need the fellowship of the church uh, to carry you. That you need people to encourage you and pray for you and walk beside you. That you need your brothers and sisters to remind you of the promises of God that we so easily forget in the dark times. There are times when we sometimes need to come off the rotors. There are times when we need to step back from the things that we're doing in church. There are times when we need to take a bit of a break from the activity. There's never a time when we need to excuse ourselves from the fellowship. Take a break from the encouragement. Walk away from the place of worship and of blessing. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you, and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. God extends his mercy and his grace towards you when others give you a hard time because of your faith in Christ. In the same encounter later on in Luke's Gospel this time, Uh, Jesus will talk of the trials and persecutions that are coming to his disciples. At the time when they'll be uh, thrown out of the synagogues, when people will walk away from them in the marketplace, when they'll be dragged before those who oppose Christ and those who follow him. And he says to them also, But the Father will send one to stand beside you. The gift of the Father to you will be his Holy Spirit the paraclete, the comforter. And he will stand with you. And he will give you the words to say at these times. In this time of trial, God's blessing will come to you in the form of his spirit. And as Jesus promises uh, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, he says this in uh, John 14, verse 27. So do not let your hearts be troubled And do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's something that Jesus says time and again uh, to his disciples. It's something that by his spirit he wants to say to us uh, today and I believe uh, every day. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Jesus says to his disciples when he approaches them as he's walking on the water and they're uh, quivering in the boat, uh, do not be afraid, it's I. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when he's revealed in all his glory, and they're they're overawed uh, by the presence of Jesus and his divine majesty, he says to them, do not be afraid. And on that day, When the women in the early morning are in the garden and they're at the tomb and the stone has rolled away and the body is gone, they don't know if the Romans have taken Jesus or the Jewish leaders have taken Jesus or if uh, something has happened, some terrible uh, desecration has occurred. Jesus comes and, unaware, stands beside them and says, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. This is the gift, the gift of the gospel, the gift of the good news. That on those occasions when those who follow Christ are aware of their poverty, God extends his blessing towards them. And those who follow Christ hunger and thirst for righteousness, God extends his blessing towards them. When those who follow Christ weep and mourn, God extends his blessing towards them. When those who follow Christ are maligned because of their trust in him, God extends his blessing towards them. That's the gift. But remember I said this is a sermon about the gift and the demand of the gospel. And here is the demand. Woe to you who are rich, for you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. Remember, this is a crowd, a diverse group of people who have come from all over, and their disciples are sat there at the front, and I imagine Jesus preaching to them, blessed are you. And I imagine him pausing, and I imagine him looking up to the back, where the people are coming here, coming to check things out, uh, to see what's going on. Maybe they're not sure about Jesus. Maybe they're laughing as he preaches. Maybe they're uh, joking as he's talking. Maybe they're whispering to one another. And the demand is this. You can't receive these blessings if you're full. You need to empty yourself. You can't receive these blessings if you're proud. You need to humble yourself. You can't receive these blessings if you're arrogant. You need to submit yourself. The gospel is the news that God calls us not to try harder in living a perfect life, but to admit defeat, that we can never live a perfect life, and humble ourselves before Him. The gift is that God offers us everything in Christ. The demand is that you have to let go of everything to receive him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we gather this morning... As disciples of Jesus, we come because we want to learn more of him, we want to grow in our faith in him, we want to follow him more closely. Lord, we come because we've sought healing and forgiveness and grace in him. Lord, we come as people who are, who are poor. We have nothing to give you. Lord, we come as people who hunger and thirst for our lives to be different and for this world to be different. Lord, we come as people who are weeping and who are broken. We come as people who struggle to follow you. And Lord, we pray that in this, our time of need, our moment of dedication, Lord, that you would extend your blessing afresh towards us. Lord, help us to let go and take hold of you. And as we take hold of you, may we discover the truth that all that we need is found in Jesus, your Son, our Lord. Lord, would your Spirit come and move among us? Lord, would he come and comfort us, encourage us and strengthen us? And Lord, may we not be afraid. In the name of Christ, amen.